Would you like to work closer to home, save money on gas, and be rewarded for your hard work and attendance? Then Belicio Foods is looking for you. That's right, Belicio Foods is now hiring for multiple positions and shifts with great employee benefits, an on-site health clinic, competitive wages, and advancement opportunities. Belicio Foods is a company that truly values their employees. Apply online at Beliciofoods.com slash careers. At Vinton County National Bank, we believe in supporting the areas where we live and work. Now, we'd like to honor those who also serve our communities. Our new Community Champions account is especially for first responders, veterans, active military, and anyone employed in the fields of healthcare or education. This account offers rewards, discounts, and other benefits to those who give so much to others. Vinton County National Bank, rewarding those who serve. day. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. Happy Friday and welcome to the morning show where we have a ton of stuff to let you know about football Friday night. It woo, is. Woo. Pete Wilson makes the world's worst coffee. That's breaking news. Okay. All right. Well, so I, I, says I, everyone except for Pete well, Wilson. Okay. My comeback now, is it's good enough for me. <laughs> so, Okay. And it, it disappears over there. I'm not the only one. Now, you know, maybe it's because that's the only choice. It's the only coffee. <laughs> that's so right. So what exactly is it about Pete? Now, Dylan, you ran your mouth this morning, so you've got to say, what is it about Pete Wilson coffee that's so bad? Well, it's just very bitter. <laughs> Do you make it super strong? I don't. I don't. Uh, there is no measurement involved. It's just kind of by, by eye. <laughs> So it does come out a little bit different each time. But yes, I, I, I do like a little boldness to my coffee. Oh. Well, the thing about it's it. It's not water, it's coffee. It does get you going, though. Like, you either get really hyper and, like, you, like, are able to just run around like, like the Flash or something. Or you're just very shaky. <laughs> All right. Now you know the secret to Pete Wilson's talent. All it right. is the coffee. And I, I cannot verify these statistics, but I will throw it out. Um, 3% of America will warm up old coffee from the day before. And I am in that 3% group. Oh, honey. We need to have a discussion. It's wonders what a microwave will do for 24-hour <laughs> oh, yeah. old coffee. Oh. Now I know why microwave. people talk about Pete Wilson okay, coffee. Okay. <laughs> I've right. had microwaved coffee before, and I'm going to go ahead and say that is probably worse than Pete Wilson coffee. But when you combine <laughs> the two worlds, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's just not right. Yeah and, the, yeah, and you know, the first step in the process is to go to the store and find the cheapest coffee you possibly can. No, you don't do that. Oh, yes, I do. That's what I do. Oh, that's honey. how. That's how we start out. And then... You know, we throw a certain amount in there. We don't measure. Some we, You don't have to have a filter. A napkin will work if you have to. Wait, stop. I'm just giving you all kinds it's of tips. It's getting worse. All kinds of tips to start off with. Okay. Now I know why. Okay. Well, okay. I tell you what. TGIF, thank God it's football time. Yes, it is. Whoop, whoop. Right, right. And that's what we've got tonight. We've got a lot of playoff football games all over the state and we've got two of local interest of course and that's what we're going to focus you know our our news coverage on uh here to start our new spot at least today because a lot of people are going to be there uh local fans the jackson ironmen uh, and their uh, fan base have the uh have the oh, opportunity and the advantage of travel of not having to travel yes right up at an alumni stadium the ironmen will be in the first round of the playoffs and they will be hosting the marietta tigers this is a old time rivalry. Old time rivalry. That was like back uh, in my high school and your high school days. Well, Marietta, <laughs> uh, we'll go over a little bit about uh, you know profile Marietta for the folk, for the younger folks who may not know a whole lot about them. But of course, you know it's just about an hour and a half away on the river. Great river town. The Ironmen used to play them, Jennifer, as you say, in the old days, and they're going to play them again. Uh, but uh, the Ironmen finished fourth in the computer rankings in uh, Division Three, Region 11. Four is very important because if you finish four, you not only are in the top eight, which means you get a guaranteed home game, but if you win the first game, you get a second game at home. Yeah. If you were number five, you would probably have to travel. If okay. everybody, if the higher seed team always wins. Sure. So that was very big, Jackson, finishing fourth. And, of course, 
for Coach Andy Hall and the Ironman program. It is old hat as far as getting into the playoffs. I think it's about five years in a row now for them, multiple playoff trips. On the other hand, for Marietta, they have not been in the playoffs since 2002, 21 years. No way! 21 they years. were always so good when Tw- we were... 21 years. Well, you know, in, in the old days, there were only four teams that made the playoffs, so it was much harder. True. Now, then they went to eight, and then, and then they went to 16. So um, more teams get in the playoffs, I think, mathematically. I think I'm safe in saying that. Then don't get in. You know, so more teams in there, and there's a debate on that that we won't go into right now, but it does give more teams at least the opportunity. Marietta was seated 13th. Jackson was seated 4th. Marietta would not have made the playoffs, of course, if it were an 18 format. Sure. They finished with a 5-5 five and five record, and I can tell you uh, unequivocally from reading a news report after they won their final regular season game, 28-24, mm-hmm. that helped solidify their playoff uh, standing, they are excited about playing this game. Not only have they only played one playoff game, they've never won one. Oh. So their goal is oh, to man. win. Oh man, these are the scary games, Pete. Their, their goal when is they're to, ready. to win a playoff game, and you know, so you know, you do think about that element. Uh, Jackson has taken care of business all year. They've yes. won eight games in a row. They've had a running clock the last six games in a row, that means that you're up by more than 30 points during the game and they don't stop the clock to get it over with because, you know, it's okay. kind of like a mercy rule type thing. I didn't know that was a thing. Uh, and it's a thing. It's a thing that <laughs> has been for several years now in, okay. in high school football. And, you know, it gets the game over with quicker. Uh, and, uh, you know, your, your starter, you know, you don't have as many injuries or whatever. Sure. And it's obvious who is going <laughs> to win the game. And so, but anyway, Jackson has played very well. And, you know, you just... Or as a fan, when you're thinking, turning everything upside down, thinking, and you know, Marietta is really excited. Will the Ironmen be excited? Well, you know, I'm right. sure they will because they've oh, taken yeah. care of business, but it's old hat for the Ironmen. Uh, they knew some time ago they were going to make the playoffs. It's just where they were going to land. Sure. It was obvious they were on a track to do that. So uh, Jackson always has to be ready to play. Uh, Marietta, five and five record. They did finish uh, the season with a win over their rival, Warren Local, 28 to 24. I'll tell you a little bit about Marietta. Marietta, um, Marietta um, has Marietta has uh, has two kids in the backfield who are very good. In their last victory over Warren Local, um, they have one kid who broke the all-time touchdown record this year, scored a couple touchdowns against Warren Local, scored wow. 21 touchdowns this year. That is a Marietta Holy football moly. record. His partner in the backfield went over the 1,000-yard mark, which is kind of like a yardstick for a very, very good rusher. That yeah. means you're averaging 100 yards a game a at game. least. Yeah. So it looks like that Marietta is a running team. And okay. so Jackson will have to be ready to stop the run, obviously, sure. if Marietta is, uh, it runs true to form. The Ironmen, on the other hand, uh, have shown the ability to both run and pass, but they are mainly a running team, too. Okay. Um, Cade Wolford, of course, is in the backfield, and the young man from Marietta has 21 touchdowns, and he is there is a shot of Cade right there, number eight. Yep. Uh, he has, you know, he is, you know, uh, on a team that has uh, achieved mightily. Some people think they have overachieved based on the fact that they had an inexperienced team overall this year. Uh-huh. Cade does stand out. You have to say that. The young man from Marietta, 21 touchdowns, school record. We're not sure about Jackson, but we think Cade has the Jackson record. Unfortunately, there is not a record book that you can verify this. To. I can't believe that we don't have a record We, 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 we don't. We don't. It just, they just weren't kept. I kept a lot of the stats, but year to year, I turned them over to the coach, and we've had different coaches. Yeah. So Cade has 31 touchdowns. Whoa. 31 touchdowns. Uh, he has scored most of these touchdowns on the ground, but he's also uh, caught, I think, five or six touchdown passes. Man. He has run a kickoff back for a touchdown. He has run a punt back for a touchdown. Gosh. And I will just break this news, too. It just actually came out yesterday. No surprise, he was named the Frontier Athletic Conference Player of the Year. So, oh, that's a, so good. A great honor. And uh, several, uh, well, six Love of these that. teammates were also named to the FAC, too. If we get around to that, we'll mention all that, too. But uh, it, it's going to be a great matchup tonight. Um, and the, the rules are a little bit different. And we want to make sure the fans know this. Um, tickets, for instance. 
Oh boy. Right, the, the, right. The I'm, ticket controversy and, of the. And it is, it is one. Uh, if you wanted an advanced ticket for tonight's game or any playoff game in the state, and that includes the Benton County Vikings playing at Galley Academy tonight, yep. you had to get it online uh, on the Ohio High School Athletic Association website. Uh, the cost, it, they went up this year $12 adult, $9 for students. All right. Couldn't get them at the school or anywhere else, right. a paper ticket or whatever. Remember, there's some people who maybe don't even have computers, don't like to go online. Don't have cell phones. Don't know how to go online. Right. I mean, there are people out there. Yes. All right? They don't all live in caves either. They live in houses. But yes. Anyway, Agreed. also a convenience factor. Maybe you're just more comfortable getting a, a ticket, you know, from a, a live person or whatever. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of old school. I like to have that paper ticket in my hand. Right. You know? If you... Don't get a ticket online. Last year, there wasn't any other way to do it. Now you can get a ticket at the game, but guess what? $15. $15 for all tickets. It doesn't matter whether you're an adult or student. That is a big jump from last year. So they're punishing people basically for not getting them ahead of time. Right, they are. And uh, this dovetails right into something that's very current. As a matter of fact, the Ohio Speaker of the House, Jason Stevens, yes. made arrangements to call in here. He talk did. Talk to Matt McKee and Josh Willett. <laughs> I just heard. In the last half hour, I listened in on that. And um, the, the state legislators have heard a lot of complaints from all over the state. Don't take uh, off football fans in Ohio. About Come on this. now. Well, they, they have done it. A combination of not being able you know, to get tickets uh, in person and the fact that when you do now, they're going to cost a whole You're lot, punished a whole lot more. So what Ohio House Speaker Stephen said, he happens to also be our state representative that yep. represents yes. uh, all of Jackson County, all of Gallia, a good chunk of Lawrence and, yep. uh, and some of Vinton. Yep. Um, he, well, I don't think he represents Vinton anymore. Or if he does, it's part of Vinton. But anyway, he's familiar to the folks in he Vinton. certainly knows us And he is the here. Speaker of the House, just not a legislator. He said that there is pending legislation. He said it may be dropped today, and it would address the two complaints. Those are that uh, that you have to get a ticket online, and uh, that if you don't get a ticket online, it's a lot more. Yes. So two things, you know, the availability of tickets, how you get tickets, and the cost, because they are going up a good bit. One of the things that people don't understand, and I can understand why they don't understand this. Yes. The schools are not making it's, this money. This this is not Jackson or Venton or Gallup Police no, it, High it, School it, it is not, decision. It, 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 it is, is not. If you want to call this gouging, this is not being done by uh, the schools. No, the schools um, don't have any decision in this. Right. I, I The schools do have this. Um Having Jackson uh, having hosted playoff games before, whether they're in them or not, because they have that great stadium and they've been a host through other playoff games, they get expenses. But what I've been told by athletic directors is that's all they get. They basically try to cover their costs, you know, yes. for the use of the facility or, or whatever, and paying people to work. They get to right. keep concessions and like that. But, uh, you know, the support groups do. That is an advantage. But, you know, they're not, there's no advantage to have it other than... Home field through, advantage. Yeah, or, through the convenience of your fans or yep. whatever. Or uh, uh, one of the reasons that Phil Howard always talked about to have a playoff game was it's good for the town because, you know, you have it, a lot of people in town, huge, restaurants, good, gasoline, yes, absolutely. that sort of thing. And, and, you know, they see your facilities and, oh, Jackson High School, great place and all that. So... Um, Jason Stevens is hoping, he said, that the pressure that probably the Ohio High School Athletic Association is hearing, they hope that that will cause some changes before legislation is actually necessary. Yes, so we will, we will see. We will see how that uh, that we will see how that plays out. But uh, you know, uh, if you know, if you're thinking to yourself, or you talk to your friends, and you're complaining about. The ticket situation, you're not alone. Yeah. You're not alone in the state of Ohio. So we will we will see what happens there. But uh speaking uh speaking about the other game that is involved uh locally, the Vinton County Vikings, nine and one, one of their best teams in school history, without a fact. The only loss they had was in the very first game mm -hmm. to another playoff team, Uniodo, mm -hmm. non-conference game. They lost 21 to 20. And the difference was a missed extra point kick. Heartbreaker. It was it was heartbreaking. I'm sure they would like to have that game back. 
Since then, the Vikings have gone uh, nine and one. They won uh, nine straight games in a row. And for the first time in many years, they won the Tri-Valley Conference Championship. They finished with a perfect 6-0 and record. That's awesome. In the ninth week of the season, the next uh, last conference game, they went to Nelsonville, York, the defending champion, and won that big game 13-7. to That basically, uh, that gave them a share of the title, and that was considered a showdown game almost from the beginning of the TBC schedule. The thought was among, uh, you know, the football aficionados that it would come down to Vinton County and Nelsonville. And the way it turned out, it did when the Vikings prevailed 13-7. to Coach T.J. Carper, uh, in his third year there, has really made a lot of progress with the team. And this 19 or this 2023 team achieved some notable, uh, notable records, and I'm going to go down some of them now. That's how special this team is. They were the first team to win the TVC Ohio title since 1999. Very special. Okay. They're only the third team in school history to win nine games. They have the number one offense in school history, meaning number of points scored during the season. Mm -hmm. They have the number two defense in school history based on points scored. This is their sixth playoff appearance. Uh, They have been in the playoffs the last two years. And, you know, I know that they feel like this may be their best team of those three. They had the largest margin of victory in school history in a game this year, 62 to nothing. They had... 69 points in a game. That is the most points that a Vinton County Viking team since they've had football in 1967 has ever scored. Wow. The defense, we talked about how good they are for shutouts. In this day and age in high school football, having been around, I can tell you, the offenses, uh, they score more points than they used to. You know, more passing involved, more sophisticated offenses. Uh, You have more 30 to 20 games and 40 to 30 games than you do seven to nothing games these days. Um, they had the most extra points in a game. That was seven. Uh, they uh, also feel that they have the best grass field in Ohio. Uh, they put that on their resume. Of course, they don't have turf in Benton County. They have grass, but okay. they had a lot of success there. So tell me a little bit about their uh, opponent, the Gallia Academy Blue Devils. Well, when we looked at uh, the playoff points as they were coming in because, you know, they don't come in all at once. Mm -hmm. Uh, They come in gradually as, uh, you know, the results of the games come in last Friday night. And initially, the Vinton County Vikings were ranked 13th or 12th. I believe it was 13th. And it looked like that they would have to play at St. Clairsville. Now, that was not final, and you shouldn't have taken this final, but that was the first thing you saw. That was the thought. It was evolving. When you woke up the next morning, though, Vinton County had moved up to 10th. That's because all the points had come in. Not only what Vinton County did, they beat Wellston in the last game, but also you get points for who you beat, and then the teams you beat, you get what we call second-level points. If those teams then win, you get partial credit okay. because they beat somebody because you beat them. Okay. First and second-level points. So when all those second-level points came in, the Vikings uh, moved up to 10th. What that means is instead of going to St. Clairsville, because remember, the top eight teams are home. Yes. Teams nine through 16 have to go on the road. And even though Vinton County was nine and one, they only finished 10th. Yep. So you ask why. They may be, you know, one of the very best teams in that region. It is, it is Division Four, Region 15, by the way. Mm-hmm. One division down from Jackson because the school's not quite as big. There are seven total uh, divisions. All mm-hmm. right. The reason that they're nine and one and still didn't finish in the top eight is a lot of the teams on their schedule had losing records. So they don't get as much credit on the second level points. Correct. That's not their fault. Right. It's just the way I mean, the, they did their job. They won games. That's all, that's you, can all do. you can do. That's all you can do. Play your schedule. But they moved up to 10th. And as a result, they will make the much shorter trip to Galley Academy. That's the good news. The bad news is Guy Academy has a doggone good football team. Uh-oh. So uh, I think uh, it's safe to say, you know, uh, I talked to lots of folks in the area, the sports writers and the broadcasters and all like that. This game is much anticipated as one of the best matchups. Uh, first of all, when you have these matchups, you might be playing somebody out of the area. In this case, this is two area teams. They did scrimmage, by the way, earlier in the season. Oh, uh, okay. By the way, of course, that doesn't count. Yeah. But they will be playing again. Benton County has a very good offense, a very good defense, but they are known, uh, I think, for their great defense because of four shutouts. Gallia Academy is known for their offense. They oh have some boy. very talented, quick players. 
they finished with an eight and two record, not quite as good as Benton County. However, their two losses came to very good teams. One of them was Ironton. Oh. Ironton finished 10 and 0. They are the cream of the crop in southeastern Ohio. They don't lose yep. to anybody. They beat teams out of the air. It's just the way it is. They play in the same conference, the Ohio Valley Conference. But you know what? A couple of weeks ago, when Gallia Academy played Ironton, they were very much in the game the whole time. The final score was Ironton 27, Gallia Academy 17. Ooh. They played them better, uh, Gallia Academy. They played Ironton better than any other team in this area. Oh, my. Ironton, Ironton did lose a game this year, by the way, but it was to a team called Cabell Midland, which is one of the big schools in West Virginia, and that was a very close game. When Jackson played Cabell Midland um, about 10 years ago, we heard that Cabell Midland might be the largest enrollment school in West Virginia. Oh. So that's all. The, that's who Ironton lost to, and okay. that was a close game. Yeah. So anyway, uh, the other team that Gallia Academy lost to uh, was um, – Fairland, which was another very good team in the in the T in the in the OVC, and that game was very close. It ended up like a four point difference. Neither okay. team could have won. My uh, well, I had heard that Gallia Academy had a lot of turnovers in that game, and that cost them that game. Gotcha. So, <clears throat> both the playoff games tonight are going to be at seven p.m. All right, every playoff game, all the way through until they get to the semifinals, at least, are going to be on Friday. In past years, some were on Friday, some were on Saturday. Now, all of them are on Friday. The kickoff times will be 7 p.m. Okay. And the ticket situation, it doesn't change. The OHSAA, High School Athletic Association, controls that. If you were a Benton County fan, you had to do the same thing that Jackson Ironman fans do. You yeah. had to go online to get your tickets, or uh, you have to uh, come to the gate and shell out $15. And remember, you know, the, and I hate that. That's that's students also. It is. And, that's BS. And, I'm just saying. And one of the things at Jackson was because of sponsorships during the regular season, yes. students were in free. Yes. And, you know, that was an economic thing, but that was also a support thing for the team. You know, the kids, they want know, their peers know those there. Players, yeah. You know, you have a student section. They are as lively as any group, you know, in the Absolutely. Stadium. So at Jackson, at Jackson. So, you know. So, you know, ahead of time, you know, we talked about the tickets. There are no free tickets for students. I mean, the school can't step up and local people can't step up and do it. The OHSA won't allow it. They want the $15 for those kids, too. You know, that's just. So I, I know I'm vilifying the OHSA. That's a lot of money. But, you know, they're doing what they think they need to do. Yeah. And so another thing, uh, there are reserve seats at Jackson. Just so there are at, at, all, at almost all stadiums right. what they call booster seats. You yes. pay a little bit extra for them. They're the premium seats. They are not in effect for the playoffs. So tough tootie they, if you've they, got They the... do usually designate one side or the other for home and visitors. So I think that will be the same. But you, but on the home side, even though you may have paid for a reserve seat uh, for all five home games, that does not carry over into the postseason. So it is open seating. Oh, you know? boy. So... You know, uh, those are the kind of things maybe you don't think about until, you know, you get to the game. Also, here's another little rule. You know how, uh, you know, you might need to go to your car in the parking lot to pick up something. You left your jacket in there. Yeah. It's getting cold. No reentry into football games. I mean, you, what? Get, you can't get, you can't say, hey, listen, I'm <laughs> coming back. You can't be stamped or whatever. There is no reentry once you leave a playoff game. Why? I can't tell you, but it's a rule. So, anyway. The OHSAA needs an enema. Okay. I'm just going to tell you that. Right. They need to, like, well, anyway, chill out. Anyway, one of the, one of the things that, uh, you know, when they've argued about, you know, how many teams ought to be in the playoffs and are we watering down the field or whatever, because <clears throat> it's just like the NCAA tournament. You know, you have a 16 seed against a one seed. It's usually a mismatch. And Correct. sometimes it's. It's a uh, although sometimes it's a butchering. You you never know. No, you Stranger never. You, you never know. You gotta you gotta play the game. On one side, you can argue more teams have a chance and they get excited and you know all like that. And the other thing is watering down the field and the claim that it's all about making money for the OHSA. It's you know money driving the whole thing. Yeah. So I don't know. You come to your own conclusion. But as far as the Marietta Tigers, we said we'd give you a little background on them. Jackson has not played them since 2010. For a number of years, Jackson and Marietta were both in the Southeastern Ohio Athletic right. League, and they played each other in all the sports. As the SUL began to break up, 
um, Marietta went its separate ways. That was before it, I think the SOL finally broke up uh, in about 2016. Okay. Totally, it was down to like three or four teams then. Marietta left in uh, after the 2010 season, and it's been a little unsettled for them. They've been in two or three different conferences. It's been a little shaky for them trying to find, you know, a conference that works for them. But they are in actually a couple conferences right now. And so, um, but the Ironmen have not played Marietta since 2010, but they will be playing them tonight. The winner will go on and play in the quarterfinals next week. There'll be eight teams left out of the 16. Mm -hmm. We'll lose eight of them. And if Jackson wins, they will be home again. And who would they play? It would be one of two teams. Number five seed, Bloom Carroll, which is a school near Lancaster in yes. Fairfield County. They will play Athens tonight at Bloom Carroll. Athens is the 12 seed. Athens is, or Athens is the 12 seed. Bloom Carroll is the fifth seed. So Bloom Carroll is the, is the favorite, like Jackson is the favorite. Okay. So if both those teams win, Bloom Carroll will be at Jackson. Very if those good. two teams lose, Athens and Marietta will be playing each other. Oh, my. That, that it's all crazy. But Bloom Carroll, not to get ahead of ourselves, Bloom Carroll is the defending regional champions. That's how good they are. Oh. Uh, you know, the 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 quality of the competition, no matter what happens tonight, not 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 trying to slum Marietta because they made it in the playoffs, but yep. it'll, it'll go up a good bit on paper, at least, with Bloom Carroll. So we'll see what happens. Okay. But we got to play the game tonight. The game's got, tonight. Got to play the game. And as I said, Vinton County is the 10th seed. Gallia Academy is the 7th seed. If the Vikings would win tonight at Gallia Academy, they will be playing on the road again next week. Okay. Um, so, you know, we would, we'll get into that when we get into that. Do you remember, it, this was like back when I was in school. I don't know if, if it was this way when you were in school or not, Pete, but there was like a time where... <laughs> we everyone had beat tiger shirts mm -hmm. because like during the season like five of the teams that we played had tigers as mascots right. so it was just like you could just keep wearing that shirt over and over again for that, the season that would have to be maybe the number one mascot it, <laughs> i mean i know what you're talking about it was a about. thing we had the marietta tigers we, we had the iron fighting tigers yeah, we had the waverly tigers yeah it just kept going it <laughs> I forget I think who the, all they were. I think were. Circleville is the Tigers, too. So <laughs> I just remember having beat Tigers shirts. <laughs> right. Well, it, well it, 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 it's, it, works, it works on many Friday nights, put it that way. Yeah. But anyway, uh, just some sidelights that we want to tell you about. We want to salute uh, not only Cade Wilford. We said he was the Frontier Athletic Conference Player of the Game. Yeah, that's so or, cool. Oh, I'm sorry. Frontier Athletic Conference Player of the Year. Yeah. Uh, but uh, in addition, he had some teammates that made the All-FAC team. Okay. Sophomore tackle, Jacob Allen, only a sophomore. Wow. Uh, Ethan Crabtree, that outstanding senior place kicker. Ethan and his leg. Who, uh, you know, kicked three field goals this year, kicked many extra points. He only missed two all year, and he, had, he was busy kicking extra points because Jackson scored a lot of touchdowns. Yep. And about three out of four times, he had touchbacks when he kicked off. That means he kicked it into the end zone. Yeah. Which... High school kickers don't do very no. often. Nolan Johnson, who was in the backfield with Cade Wolford, shouldn't be overshadowed because he's very good himself. Yes. Uh, that's, uh, I think that's Cade running, or it might be Nolan. I'm not sure. He's number six. Okay. And he's a junior. He'll be back next year. Nice. So he made all FAC. Another sophomore, Ryan Simons. Only a sophomore. He uh, played in the defensive backfield, but also turned in at, at, Especially from the middle of the season on, he became Jackson's leading receiver as a sophomore. Oh, wow. Caught over 20 passes this year on a team that is mainly a running team. Cool. Uh, Drew Wiley, one of the senior co-captains and mm -hmm. tight end and uh, inside linebackers, he made the OFAC teams. Uh, Bodie Wolfer, and you know who his brother is. Yes. <laughs> hey, Bodie is only a sophomore, and let's let's give props to Bodie. Because when this season started, they looked at Jackson's. And, they and you know, uh, what's the old saying? They don't rebuild, they reload. Jackson is in that category. They, yep. oh, you always The pressure is on. You're always expected to be excellent. It's how excellent. But when I looked at Jackson, I thought, you know, there's some question marks. A lot of players graduated. There were like 18 upperclassmen out of the 22 starting positions. Oh, so a lot wow. of new players, underclassmen, had to step in, or players who were underclassmen last year had to step into starting positions. So 
The offensive line was mainly rebuilt. I think there was one starter back. Offensive line, very important. If there's uh, not kind of important. I mean, yes. if you don't have a place to run, you can't show how good you are as a runner. So also sophomore quarterback. Remember Jacob Winters, division one yeah. quarterback playing now at Ohio University. He graduated after, you know, four years at Jackson. So we had Bodie Wolford, who uh, um, had played on the reserve team last year, step up as the sophomore starting quarterback. Oh, wow. Had a lot of new players on defense, too. So I know that Jackson plays a tough schedule. So I'm thinking people are going to be disappointed if his team loses a few games, which, you know, they might against tough competition. Sure. As, you know, as they find themselves, they're bound to get better as the season goes. Well, they have gotten tons better as the season's gone on. But and as it was, they only lost one game. That was in week two at Ironton, 35 to 14. I would almost guarantee you if they played Ironton again, I'm not guaranteeing anything, but (laughs) I I will say this. I think it would be a closer game than what it would be than what it was there in week two. But uh, the Ironman, as I said, it had a running clock the last six games, a running clock in every FAC game, uh, one by, you know, one by big margins. And then uh, in their fifth game of the regular season, uh, that was non-conference. They beat Hamilton Ross. That was also a running clock. So six running clocks uh, in a row. Hmm. Um, so Bodie, I was I was getting around to him, sophomore quarterback. You know, there's always a spotlight on the quarterback no matter what. Jackson had, you know, Cade Wofford and Nolan Johnson back, and so they were probably going to be a running team. Coach Hall is a very good offensive coach. He always has some uh, good – passing plays in his stable and you got to be able to do both if you're going to be successful sure but jackson has always been that old school type power running team it's kind of in the genes and so the thought was it will really be a running team this year by necessity to give bodie wolford uh you know time to develop as a quarterback well he has developed as a quarterback and now coach hall will throw the ball a lot more than he did earlier in the season let me tell you what bodie did he's just not a throw in on this all FAC team. <laughs> this year, he has thrown 16 touchdown passes. He's gone over a thousand yards passing. He did that the last game, and wow. he had you know how many interceptions he's had? One. No. One interception Man. all year. If you are if you have 16 touchdown passes and one interception, um, Joe Burrow would take that. Yeah. I, I guarantee <laughs> you, any quarterback it. in Christendom would take that. Yeah. So Bodie has had a great great season. Wow. Uh, there's an old phrase that coaches go by and fans go by, uh, taking care of the football. Jackson has done that this year. Um, Bodie has only thrown one interception, and they've only had two fumbles that they've lost. That is incredible. Wow. Ten games and three turnovers. The average probably every uh, for a season for uh, a game is probably two maybe. I was going to say, two that's turnover, per game. Two. If you have two turnovers a game, you know – maybe live with that if you have much more than that it's probably going to affect your success sure because you know you're taking away a chance to score and maybe giving the other team a chance to score but Jackson has taken care of the football they have given up some yards and first downs and a few points but they have not given up big plays and with their offense averaging over 40 points a game you know uh, it's hard to keep up with them Mm -hmm. Jackson also scores very quickly. Cade Wolford and Nolan Johnson are breakaway runners. And, and as we said, Bodie Wolford has thrown 16 touchdown passes this year. So they, Jackson can score very fast. And they have kept the other team from getting easy touchdowns. Teams have driven the ball on them, had some long touchdown drives. There's been a, some of those. But Jackson makes it hard on you. What do they say? They make you work for it. Yep. And so I'm just trying to give you the, some of the qualities that have made wow. this Jackson team so special. But I'm going to switch real quick uh, because there is another sport that deserves a little bit of attention, a lot of attention, actually, and that is our girls' soccer team. Yes. Unfortunately, their season came to a close last year or last night. No. Uh, This is a celebration after their sectional tournament victory -hmm. victory, uh, that got them to the district. I think this was after uh, they won the sectional tournament because since then they also won a district tournament game. Uh, But this – this uh, last night they played at Marietta. Marietta through the years has been a nemesis in soccer. Very good soccer program at Marietta when Jackson was in the SOAL. And Marietta was very good again this year, but Jackson was very good. So this yes. was considered to be a great, uh, a great uh, uh, showdown game. But Marietta defeated our, our ladies last night at Logan by a score of two to nothing. Mm, so bummer. Jackson, it is a bummer, but Jackson. But they're awesome. They are awesome. Marietta is awesome, and Jackson is awesome. Yep. How awesome is Jackson? 
uh, in case you've been sleeping a little bit, they finished <laughs> with a record of 16 wins, two losses, and only two ties. They, of course, run the Frontier Athletic Conference title. They won a sectional tournament championship, and they won a district uh, semifinal game. Uh, that was over at Zane Trace uh, when they beat uh, when they when they won their first game there, and then of course they advanced on to the uh, next district level against district tournament against uh, Marietta and lost in that game. Is that the farthest the the lady soccer teams ever made it? I think Jackson has been in the district tournament before. I don't think they've ever made the regional. That's the next level. Okay, but this team uh, is right at the best in school history if, yeah. you, if you go on that. And I think on number of wins, they have already achieved that. Now, yeah. if, if I'm wrong on that, Great someone will probably of, call me. But, but Coach uh, Karina Folks and her staff and the girls deserve uh, a lot of credit. And speaking of some of those girls, we talked about Cade Wolford being the FAC Player of the Year. That's Frontier Athletic Conference. Uh, for you people that hate acronyms. Maddie Walburn, <laughs> senior goalkeeper, was the FAC Player of the Year. Now, Woo-hoo! the goalkeeper, of course, uh, you know, unless you release them and they're out there on the floor, I'm not saying, I'm better be careful. I don't know all the rules in soccer. You don't score points. You keep the other team you, from scoring points. Yeah. But Maddie was so doggone good at that that she was considered the top player in our conference. So that is a great, that great honor something. to be the FAC Player of the Year and being the goalkeeper because usually, you know, it's someone that's scoring points, you know. But uh, congratulations to her. Other players on the team that made the FAC uh, all-conference team were Sydney Carpenter, she's a sophomore, yeah. and Braylon Brennan. They were two of the girls who did score a lot of the points. Uh, that is Sydney right there, as a matter of fact, number 12. Her older uh, sister, TJ, uh, they're both on the basketball team, too, mm-hmm. Jackson's great girls basketball team. She was an a, a important player for the girls, as well as was Sydney Fain, who I think was yes. here on TV, but... Maddie, along with Karina, um, she was good. You know, you can, can't honor everybody on the all-conference team, but it was certainly a team effort for our Jackson Iron Ladies, and uh, they certainly deserve a lot of credit. Uh, some other girls from Jackson uh, and uh, boys that made the FAC, will, uh, they were just announced earlier this week. We'll mention their okay. names real quickly. Uh, for girls tennis, uh, we had uh, for Jackson, uh, Lauren Carper made, uh, made the all-conference team. For um, for boys uh, soccer uh, from Jackson, the all district team: uh, Thatcher Brown, Michael Piranha, and Cohen Davis. For girls volleyball uh, players of the uh, rather not players of the year, but all conference from Jackson: Kenzie Davis and Sydney Hughes. For girls golf, Aubrey Arnold was all conference, and guess what? She was so doggone good. She's a freshman. She was the FAC Player of the Year. That as is, a freshman? As a freshman. That is a great honor Wow! to be not only a freshman, but uh, Jackson did not have the best team in the FAC, but they had the best player, Aubrey Arnold, and she's back for three more years. So uh, congratulations to Aubrey. Uh, for girls cross country, uh, Jackson uh, did not have anybody that made uh, the all-conference team. For boys cross country, uh, Matthew Gibson made the all-conference team. And you make all conference by finishing uh, in the top seven, I believe, in the conference meet. Okay. And in uh, in boys golf uh, for uh, Jackson, um, well, there was nobody in Jackson that made all conference in boys golf. I think that's based on finish in the conference meet as well. So that's the uh, that's the sports as we give it to you. We'll go to a little bit of news now and some of the things going on uh, this weekend. I um, want to tell you uh, about uh, some, uh, on the criminal justice front, some uh, crime stories. Um, there was a major traffic stop by the Vinton County Sheriff's Office up in, uh, up in Vinton County. This happened on U.S. Route 50, and it was just last Tuesday. And uh, the traffic stop involved uh, a, a female driver named Julie Whitaker, age 40, of South Bloomingville. There is Julie, not oh, looking very Julie. happy in the patrol car or in her car when they took that picture. Uh, but when um, they made that arrest, um, they found, uh, they saw, they noted that two loaded firearms were located on the driver. She had two, she was packing two loaded firearms, which Holy you, you, know, you, moly. you can do when you're driving. So they did a search of the car. That allowed oh them to search the car. And this is what they found. Uh, let's see. 55 grams of suspected fentanyl. What? 12 grams of suspected methamphetamine. Numerous scheduled Narcotics in pill form, 
15 grams of marijuana, more than $700 in cash, and of course the two firearms and some digital scales. That makes it look like that you're not only uh, maybe doing drugs, but selling drugs. Uh, yeah. When you have that kind of quantity there. Anyway, she has been charged with multiple counts of narcotics and firearms offenses, and she was taken to the Fairfield County Jail. According to the Drug Enforcement Administration, the Benton County Sheriff's Office threw this into their news release, a lethal dose of fentanyl for the average person is two milligrams. We've talked time and again how dangerous fentanyl is, mm -hmm. not only to ingest, but to even handle. Yeah, exactly. 55 grams. That's what they found in the car. That's enough to kill 27,500 people. So, you know, we've talked so much about oh, the dangers wow. of fentanyl and it being maybe uh, put in some drugs that maybe some unsuspected people don't know, or maybe yes. they know, but they just want a bigger buzz. Um, I would hate to know how many of the drug overdoses that we never hear about are because of fentanyl. Yeah. Uh, people in law enforcement think it's quite high. Yeah. And on the criminal justice front who deal with the crimes. Man, that's so, some scary, scary So this was stuff. in Benton County earlier in the week, and we will have that story on our front page. It is online now on the telegramnews.com. Okay. Another crime story wow. that we're reporting on the front page I think it'll be going to be on the front page because we're doing that right now uh, in Saturday's paper involved something that happened in Jackson. Uh, I just got this report earlier in the week. It happened last week, uh, last weekend, as a matter of fact. Um, uh, well, it was on Saturday night, October the 14th, and it involved uh, a Justin McCoy, age 32, who has a Galpolis address. But on that night, the Jackson police uh, got a report of a man who was running in Chillicothe Street, hyperventilating and running around and blocking traffic. And this was at 10.20 p.m. at night, okay? So um, okay. not a good situation. So they officers responded to the scene. Uh, they claimed that McCoy uh, was not, uh, they later identified him as McCoy. They didn't know he was right at the beginning. Sure. But he ran from him. And they caught up to him at a bridge on Chillicothe Street at, near the Chillicothe-Athens Street intersection. Uh -huh. He put his hands on the railing of the bridge, and they thought he was going to jump over the bridge. So, of course, they're trying to restrain him. Well, in the course of that struggle, McCoy allegedly, reportedly, kicked an officer in the face. Oh! That has resulted in a charge of assault of a peace officer. That is a felony. He also, um, he also faces charges of resisting arrest, obstructing official business, disorderly conduct by intoxication, and pedestrian in roadway, which means that you're a pedestrian in the roadway when you shouldn't be. <laughs> so all that occurred on wow. the evening of Saturday night, October the 14th. Uh, during that uh, incident, police punched uh, McCoy in the face twice when they were defending themselves. They put that into the report too, so it got pretty ugly there. Before it was over, uh, officers from the Jackson County Sheriff's Office and a trooper from the Jackson Post of the State Highway Patrol, as well as Jackson County EMS, were all on the scene. Now, McCoy uh, did not claim any injury. Uh, EMS was on the scene. He refused treatment at the scene, so he must not have been hurt too bad. Mm -hmm. uh, the officer was not hurt very badly either, who was kicked in the face, but you're not supposed to do that. So we'll have that report in the what paper. What a mess. We'll have that report in the paper as well. All right. Uh, speaking of the upcoming election, of course, a lot on the ballot in the, in the November 7th general election. Uh, and towards that end, uh, Mayor Anthony Brenner and the Wilson City Administration conducted a town hall meeting uh, last Tuesday evening at the city council chambers. That was to uh, explain and pitch the a new levy, the additional yeah. levy that will be for that will be for a uh, recreation levy uh, in the city of Wellston, and it will it will pay it would pay through a lot of things, but the number one thing would be uh, for the construction and operation of a pool, which Wellston does not have. Correct. They would like to have one. They believe that that would you know uh, increase or improve the quality of life in Oak Hill. Be great kids and families yeah. and so forth. And since it would be subsidized by the city, obviously it would be affordable. And so that's what this levy would help pay for. Okay. So anyway, um, 
The only person that was there from the public was the Wellston City School Superintendent, Dr. Brian Round. We know how effective he is. How, I mean, Wait, how, nobody uh, came? No, but well, Jeremiah Shaver came, uh, our, our Telegram multimedia journalist. So they're either, either nobody cares, they're all for it, or they're all against it, or they had something better to do. Probably, uh, probably the last thing, you know, that doesn't mean that nobody cares necessarily, but they did not care enough to come and learn more about it, to even complain about the prospect of new taxes. Interesting. So I'm not sure what that means for the levy, but uh, yeah. Jeremiah Shaver's got a report that we uh, hope to have in our Saturday paper, but that will be on the ballot uh, in, uh, in, the, uh, in the November 7 election. Of course, people are voting now early on that, but uh, that levy is a five mil levy. That is that is high millage. You yeah. Know? But once again, uh, Anthony Brenner uh, has made the argument, wanted to make the argument at the town hall, what it would be for it, and that it would be a good thing for Wellston and moving forward. They hope to kind of pair, if they get the money from that levy, they kind of hope to pair it with uh, with some grant money that they will get from this Appalachian grant program. Now they haven't got that money yet, but they're asking for some things that are kind of recreation oriented, mm -hmm. uh, that would build on what they already have there. And they figure it would all dovetail together. Uh, if they, if they get those grants and that's yeah. on down the line, but it could happen. We'll see. We will see. All right. Uh, there's going to be a party Saturday night in Wellston and guess who it's for. It's for a dog. Aww. Falk, the Wellston police dog, is retiring. Aww. And he's been on duty. Uh, he's he's 10 years old, and he's been on duty since 2015, and there he is. You see, uh, that was at the last city council meeting. Falk was a special guest there. The man standing that by is Falk so cool. is his handler. Uh, they are considered partners. Uh, the canine is considered part of the police department. Yep. But Falk, a German shepherd, is retiring. That is patrolman Todd Shong, and standing behind is police chief. John Robinson. Uh, but, uh, so Falk, he gets a party. But he gets a party on Saturday night, and um, uh, he is 10 years old. He has eight years of service with the uh, Wellston Police Department. He uh, has had 300, he's been used 340 times uh, in his career, uh, mainly for narcotics. He has participated in school searches, not only at Wellston, but also at Jackson, Vinton County, in Pike County high schools. He has uh, tracked uh, criminals. He has been involved in searches uh, with the Highway Patrol. He has rendered assistance to the Jackson Police Department, the Jackson County Sheriff's Office, the Vinton County Sheriff's Office, the Pike County Sheriff's Office, the Oak Hill Police Department, and the Ohio State Highway Patrol. So he has earned his he retirement. He has earned a party. Right, and he is considered part of the Shong family, and so he won't have to work anymore. He can just be a dog of leisure. <laughs> You know what? It's so funny. Like, who's going to be the guy that tells him that he doesn't get to go to work anymore? Well, I don't. I can guarantee you he's going to continue to want to go to work. I know. That's I tell, Well, he's just like everybody else. He's going to have to adjust. You're going to have to retire, buddy. Right. Take it, it easy. Exactly. But so congratulations to Canine Fault. That's awesome. That will be another item that you can count on seeing in our paper. And, you know, speaking of the election, starting next week, Jennifer, the hours for uh, in-person early voting will expand. Mm -hmm. It'll be even more time that you can go vote. Starting on Monday, the hours at the elections offices will be 7.30 a.m. to 7.30 p.m. So not just during traditional work wow. hours, but, you have tons but of time early to in get the morning there. and post first shift, you know, you can go. Okay. And if you work second or third shift, of course, you know, you can easily go because it's open during the regular hours as yep. well. Then not this weekend, but next weekend, it will also be open certain hours on Saturday and Sunday, and that is heading into the election the following Tuesday, November the 7th, for the general election. Now, we're going to have, we're already starting to run them, stories about some of the different things that will be on the ballots in both Jackson and Vinton counties. Uh, we had a uh, story about the school board races, and there are contests in each of our four school districts in last Wednesday's paper. In this paper, we're talking about the ballot on the municipal side. Uh, the cities and villages in Jackson County, the villages in uh, Vinton County. Mm -hmm. We also are running candidate profiles, Jennifer, of the contested candidates only, because you know that's where people right. have to make a choice. Sure. We had the two candidates running for an unexpired term on the Jackson City Board of Education, Kyle Hickey and Michael Perkins. 
profiled in our Wednesday paper. In this Saturday paper, particularly if you live in the Wellston City School District, you want to check it out. We have candidate profiles where we ask questions of the three candidates running for two open seats on the Wellston City Board of Education. Okay. That would be Matt Peterson, uh, Adam Massey, and Gerald Bryan Kilgore. Okay. And we will be doing that through the Oak Hill School Board candidates and the Vinton County School Board candidates as well. And then later on, for the two candidates for Oak Hill Mayor and the two candidates for Hamden Mayor. And that is all the contested candidates for uh, there the, you go. For, for those levels, for those levels. We'll be running lists of the township candidates, but not any profiles there, but we will let make sure, make sure you know whose name is on the ballot. Okay. Speaking of politics, the Jackson County Democratic Party will have its fall outing this Saturday. That is open to the public. It's going to be Saturday evening at the La Rose's Pizza Banquet Room downstairs. Okay. Uh, it will start at 5.30 p.m. There will be pizza, salad, coffee, tea, and dessert will be served. Uh, there will be adult beverages that are available for purchase. Soda or menu items are not included. The price is $15 per person. Uh, you can uh, pay in advance or uh, you can pay at the door. Uh, they'll also be selling raffle tickets as well. Now, in addition to just a partisan gathering there and uh, social, political, whatever, they're going to have a notable person there. Uh, Liz Walters is the chair of the Ohio Democratic Party. She's in oh. charge of the party. She is going to be wow. a guest there, and I'm sure that she will be speaking as Super well. Cool. She will be the featured speaker. Okay, some other things going on this weekend we want to tell you about. The Jackson County Sheriff's Office will be doing their drug take-back day. Uh, it will be at the uh, Parks Edge Event Center parking lot there on 601 East Main Street, right there in front. It'll be from 10 a.m. to 12. That's awesome. Um, the aim is to provide a safe, convenient, and responsible means of disposing of prescription drugs, while also educating the general public about the potential for the abuse of medications. So drug take-back day uh, tomorrow uh, from uh, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. in the Parks Edge Event Park Center, Parks Edge Event Center parking lot right there in front. Okay, I'll, there's also going to be a... Uh, Store opening in Oak Hill, the, Oak, the new Oak Hill Hometown Sports and More, new ownership, okay. will be doing their grand opening and ribbon cutting at 10 a.m. Uh, that, that will be there uh, at 101 East Main Street, and uh, they, that, that ribbon cutting will be at 10 a.m. Our Jeremiah Shaver will be there to cover that. There's going to be free refreshments available, uh, cookies and cupcakes. Door prizes uh, will be uh, available as two and the new Oak Hill School's mascot, Archie Acorn, will be there to uh, ah. to, to greet uh, to greet all the visitors. Archie Acorn. Okay, huh? we are coming up on trick or treat. All right. Okay. Okay, and uh, the hours are uniform in the four municipalities in Jackson County. Thank goodness. But in Vinton County, there are different times, so we want to run those down real quick. In Vinton County. Uh, we have a couple this weekend, actually. Okay. In Zaleski on Sunday, October 29th from 2 to 4 p.m., trick-or-treat in the village of Zaleski. Uh, in Hamden this Saturday, tomorrow from 6 p.m. to 7, I'm sorry, in Wilkesville from 6 to 7 p.m. Uh, in Wilkesville. Uh, they have a system in Wilkesville. If you have your porch lights on, that means that you're giving out candy. If you don't, okay. that means you're not. Uh, the fire department there will also have a trunk-or-treat event at the old school site from 6 to 7 p.m. So you've got trunk-or-treat and trick-or-treat going on at the same time. The fire department will also have a costume contest from 5 to 6 p.m. And they will be giving out free hot dogs at the news station. So it sounds like a good time in Wilkesville. That's tomorrow evening. Nice. Remember, Zaleski's on Sunday afternoon. Hamden and MacArthur will both do trick-or-treat on Halloween, Tuesday, October 31st. But the times are not the same. In Hamden, 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. In MacArthur, trick-or-treat will be 6 p.m. until 8 p.m. In Jackson County, Jackson, Wellston, Oak Hill, Colton, all the same time. The mayor's decided to get on the That's same so, page such on that a, good idea. a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. And so it will be on Halloween night, 5.30 p.m. until 7 p.m. So okay. um, that's all coming up. So you better get ready to I treat love or this. you may get tricked. That's right. All right. Uh, we also want to tell you about uh, this will be the last uh, Saturday will be the last uh, time to do Fright at the Fairgrounds, uh, the Haunted okay. Barn. Uh, it will be 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. The fairground or the fair people do that. The extension people, uh, the 4-H people do that as a fundraiser for the fairgrounds and the 4-H uh, program and the FFA program. 
but that costs $15. It is a quality uh, entertainment <laughs> event, 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. Uh, the Livestock Committee actually does a lot of the work on that, so, but this is your last chance. They're also going to be doing a haunted barn tonight and the next night at the Vinton County Fairgrounds. That costs $5, and that okay. is new. First time they've ever done cool. it. Cool. So try Fine. that out, and that supports, of course, the fair and 4-H as well. Okay, there's going to be uh, on Halloween in connection with trick-or-treat in Oak Hill what they call a Halloween shindig. And at the Halloween Shindig, it will be from 5.15 to 7 p.m. at the Imogene Brunton Davis Memorial Building in Etna Park. Uh, and it, and it, and it, will, uh, it will include a trunk or treat uh, from 5.30 to 7 p.m. A parade of masks will be at 5.20 p.m. Hmm. Uh, there will be a chili and veal dinner served from 5.15 to 7 p.m. at the Festival of Flags Food Booth. There will be a costume contest with prizes offered. It's free to enter. Anyone who wishes to distribute, to, to distribute candy at the trunk or treat can also set up at 520. So the givers and the takers will both be there at the same time. Okay. And remember, trick or treat, that is aligned with trick or treat. It will be 530 to 7 p.m. as we said, but so a big event there. Speaking of big events, uh, we'll have more on this on Monday because we had so much to talk about. But what an event in Wellston last night, the block party. Heard it was the, crazy. It, Jeremiah Shaver was there. He's got the pictorial and video evidence. Look, uh, oh my God. Times Square. No, that's not Times Square. Holy that's, moly. That's downtown Wellston uh, looking towards Ohio Avenue. You see the Louvie in the background there. That is nuts. Well, I tell you what, free candy. They did trunk or treat this time. And of course, the Lions Club gave out its dollar bills as well. So free candy, wow. dollar bills, uh, great weather. So what do you think? Uh, uh, should, <laughs> should you be surprised? Yeah, maybe with that many people, you're That's surprised. a lot of people. But this was new. They've, the Lions Club have always done the costume contest. Very popular. They say 68 years. Or so. Oh, wow. So, But anyway, the Ohilco Society jumped in on it. The business community jumped in on it. Some civic groups jumped in on it on the trunk or treat side. And there were vendors there as well. And okay. so it's kind of like... The sidewalk market in Jackson just just seemed to to, to catch just to, to catch caught on. on. Yeah, for sure. Right. Also, last night there was a spark in the park event at yeah. Manpower Park. Alex yeah. Shope was there, so we'll have coverage on that. Uh, we had the Rotary Pancake Supper, uh, named in honor of Sandy Borden. A yep. lot of people there. They had an art auction. Red Thompson Jr. was there, and then so Red much. Thompson motored up State Route 93 to take part in the trunk or treat at the high school parking lot in Benton County which was followed by a Peanuts in the Park event That's at right. Wyman Park that the health department did. Yep. And Red Thompson was there as well. So we have all this coming. Uh, you know, if they don't, if they don't uh, pass out from all the work and having to go to football games too, <laughs> that will come later next week. Very cool. I'm crossing my fingers. I've got to try to pull it all together. You know what we could do to, to make them not pass out? Give them some Pete Wilson coffee. That'll do it. <laughs> That'll do it. And maybe a little bit of a sugar rush. Maybe they got a little <laughs> bit of candy. I know that I know that Red Thompson Jr. did try out the pancakes and sausage at the Rotary Pancakes Supper. He, he, he did manage that. No doubt that he did. All right. Well, so. we will be back Monday with the reporting on all that stuff and maybe tell you some more pre-election stuff as well. And Love who that. knows what else because we we can't script the news totally. <laughs> no, you cannot. That's for sure. Well, Pete, thank you so much for filling us in on what's going on. Have a blast at the game tonight. Well, I tell you, it's always it's always fun, you know, with my buddies, uh, Dan Dobbins and Dan Morrow. We've been doing it for a long time. And, you know, all our broadcast crews did such a great job this year. Bob Grill and Jeff Thacker, I'm so glad that they get a chance to do a playoff game. They're one of the best for Benton sure. County teams in school history down at Galley Academy tonight. And uh, uh, Corey Ruby and Mike Evans did a great job yep. down in Oak Hill. Corey Ruby, so excited when he broadcasts. And then at Wellston, of course, uh, you know, Matt Peterson there doing uh, doing a great job with Nathan Mollahan uh -huh. as well. And we just hope that everybody comes back next year as yeah. well. <laughs> Let's keep it going. Keep it going. All right. Well, have a great weekend, everyone. Uh, enjoy some warm weather because next week it's all downhill from there. Right. I, I even I, heard. I think I saw the 40s for Tuesday. 40s. They're even talking about the S word oh, next no. week. Yeah. Why did you have to say that? I'm just throwing it out there. Well, I tell you what. Call me the bearer of bad news. Okay, but this is also true. How many times have we seen the weather and then we look at the phone an hour later and it's changed? That's true too. All so. Right.
Uh, we can hope. Stick your head out the window. We can hope, but it is late October. It is. It is. We've been blessed. So have a wonderful weekend, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll be right back here on Monday. Bye-bye. This just in. The Telegram News has a new website. TheTelegramNews.com. Same dedicated coverage. Same trustworthy news with a brand new look. Covering Jackson and Benton counties and surrounding areas. Locally owned and operated, TheTelegramNews.com has its finger on the pulse of the community. Stay up to date on local events, high school sports, and breaking news. TheTelegramNews.com. Subscribe today at TheTelegramNews.com. Check it out.